Welcome to the Access Church Podcast. Dear God, thank you so much for the great honor and privilege to be in Access Church. Lord, it is not a coincidence that I'm here. And Father, we didn't come to hear the words of a man. We came to hear from you. So today, Holy Spirit, I ask you, first of all, that you will bless Access Church. Make their dreams come true. I decree and declare all that they set their hand to do will prosper. Families restored. New customers, clients, and contracts for companies. Thank you, Father, that you're aligning relationships, healing bodies. Father, I thank you that you're setting people free from addictions. And I thank you that Access Church is becoming the prevailing church in its community because of its passion and love for you. And I declare that from the north, south, east, and west, you're going to bring sons and daughters back to your house. And for this, we give you the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. And everyone in agreement says... Come on, give them praise one more time. As you remain standing today, I'm going to read a portion of Scripture, and then after we read the Scripture, we could take our seat. I want to talk to you today from the subject matter of preparing for greater things. Somebody say greater things. And I'm going to start reading from the book of Genesis, chapter 19, and I feel impressed to start from this story. I think if you've been to church long enough, you know the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. It was, it was considered like the Las Vegas of our day. And God had to send two angels to take out a family from that city before he rained down fire in brimstone. And what I saw in the story that I, caught me and fascinated me was that he did it because he had something better in mind for the family. Sometimes God's asking you to step away from something because he has something better for you, something greater for you. And it is so easy, like in the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, that, that Lot and his family became so accustomed to living at a certain level. Like, this is, how, this is as good as it's going to get, people. Let's not dream for more. Let's don't believe for more. But I love the way God intercepts their thinking and says to them, there is more, but you've got to go to the mountain. How many of you know there's always a new mountain to climb? And the Bible teaches us that as the angel was taking them out, you're going to read it with me, that all of a sudden Lot struggled to believe that there were still greater things for him. Before I say anything, I want to say this to you today. I'm not sure how you got here. I'm not sure who brought you here, but I know this. It's not a coincidence that you're here and that God has greater things in store for you. He has greater things in store for your family, for your future, for your church, and for your children. But there must come a time in our life where we take those things to heart, and it goes from the cerebral level to the spiritual level, and we begin to align our lives based on what we believe. So today, I'm going to believe that God's going to inspire you to believe for greater things. And I'm going to read the story as it starts in verse 17 of Genesis 19. It says, so it came to pass when they had brought them outside that he, the angel, said, Escape for your life. Do not look behind you. 
stay away in the plain. Escape to the mountains, lest you be destroyed. Then Lot said to them, Please know, my lords, indeed now your servant has found favor in your sight and has and have increased your mercy, which you have shown me by saving my life. But I cannot escape to the mountains. Let some evil overtake me, and I die. See now, this city is near enough to flee to, and it is a little one. Please let me escape there. It is, is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. And he said to him, See, I have favored you concerning this thing also, and that I will not overthrow this city for which you have spoken. Hurry, escape there, for I cannot do anything until you arrive there. You may be seated. I cannot do anything until you arrive there. Imagine what the story is teaching us about God. I just want to share this thought with you about God. That God sometimes will wait until you get to the place where you're supposed to be before he does what he wants to do for you. He says, okay, hurry it up because I cannot do anything until you get there. To the place called there. What is that place that God has been asking you to get to? Maybe it's something in your family, a relationship, your relationship with God. What is that thing called there? Like, God, until I get there. And here the story is that the angel said, until you get there, I cannot do anything. And the sad part of the story is that Lot was asked to go to a mountain, which obviously, you know, symbolically means to a higher place, a greater place. However, unfortunately, Lot, because of his mindset, because of his inability to actually believe that God was for him, he decides to go to this. He says, oh no, don't you see that little city called Zoar? Let me go there. Let me just go to that little city that doesn't bring any challenge on me, that doesn't require me to stretch my faith, or doesn't require me to step out in faith, like Pastor was talking about stepping in to the Jordan. Let me just go to that city. It'll be more comfortable. And the angel says, okay, I'll let you go there. But that wasn't your destiny. Your destiny was to go to the mountain. So I think I've come from San Diego to tell you, Access Church, your destiny is much greater than you might think. And I've come to just remind you that there are greater things in the heart of God for you, for your family, and for your church. And it's time that together, collectively, we get behind the vision of God for this year and say, God, if it's in your heart to do greater things in my family, then I'm going to open my heart and give you position because I don't want to go to Zoar. I want to go to the mountain because how many of you are believing for greater things? Come on, give God praise today if you believe that. Say it with me, greater things. There is a verse in the New Testament. It reads like this, 1 Corinthians 2.9. I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Let me read it again. Eye has not seen, or your eye has not seen, neither has mine, nor our ears have heard, nor has it ever entered into the heart, our heart, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. What this verse is teaching, when Paul was teaching the Corinthian church, he was really trying to help them, like the song that we just sang, break down the walls of our tradition and break down the foundation of our traditions. Because sometimes 
It's our thinking that stops us from believing. And the reality is you, you can only live to the level of your mentality. And so the, Paul was trying to teach the Corinthians. He was saying, I know that you've seen some great things. I know that you've heard some great things. I know that in your heart you've felt great things. But here Paul says, there are still greater things that God has prepared for you that love Him. And I really love that because it reminds us that Christianity isn't about doing something. Christianity isn't about knowing something. Christianity is about being. And for so many times, for so many years, um, I've been preaching for like 25 years, and I've, I've always taught people how much they need to love God. How many of you know we've gone to church all of our life, and we're, con we're constantly taught how much we need to love God? But you know what I've discovered in this season? That sometimes I think we need to teach more about how much God loves us before we can really understand how we can love Him. Because God loves you more than you can ever love Him. God loves you more than you can love yourself. He loves you more than you love your children. He loves you more than you love life. God is so in love with you that He has prepared for you something greater that your eyes and your ears and your heart has not been able to conceive. And I've come today to perhaps break a foundation of religion inside of you, maybe a wall of tradition that has held you back from believing that it's for you. So I've come to tell you, this is for you, for you, for you, for you, and for you. There's greater things if you can believe it. Come on, Access Church. Eye has not seen, nor ear has heard, nor has it entered in the heart of a person, the things that God has prepared for those who love Him, who love God, who love God. Wow. I'm going to just pause for my notes for a minute and say this to you. We live in a society that does not tell us to love God. I was asked the other day by someone, what is God like? And I said, God is like, imagine a broken-hearted father who has these children that he's wanted to have a relationship with, but they don't want to have a relationship with him. I said, if you want to know what God's like, think of a broken-hearted mother who every day weeps and cries for her children who refuse to call her, who refuse to come and get close to her. But yet she does everything for her kids and for her children because she loves them. Think about a father who does everything he can for his grandsons and granddaughters, yet the, the, the kids don't ever come over because their parents don't like their dad. He says, if you can understand the brokenheartedness of a father, of a grandmother, grandfather, you'll understand God. God is a brokenhearted dad who has created human beings that he longs to have a relationship with. But the devil just complicates their lives so much and makes them feel like they don't need to make God a priority. And all God says is, I just want to give you more than you've ever dreamed, more than you've ever seen, more than you've ever experienced. But the link is, you've got to enter into a love relationship with me. And some of you today, the greatest challenge you're experiencing is staying away from that love relationship with God. And when we enter into a, a love relationship with God, what I've discovered is that God breaks down your, your prejudices. He breaks down your ego. He breaks down your anger. 
He breaks down your hurt for the past. And the past no longer matters because you're in love with someone greater. The present, you're no longer afraid because you know who holds your future. And today I think more than ever, one of the greatest needs in America and our lives is a deeper, more profound love for God and a deeper, more profound revelation of how much He already loves you. Lot was a family with his wife and children. They were a great family. The sad part was is that Lot could not believe that God loved him enough to give him something better than Zoar. So he settles. He settles as a man. He settles. And he doesn't allow his faith to override his fear. And he just settles. And as a result, you know the story, his wife turns around, she becomes a pillar of salt. His two children end up doing things that I can't even describe in church because a man settles. So I'm going to say this to every man here today. It might be time to make the decision to no longer settle with the relationship you've had with God. No longer settle with your level of commitment and to say, God, I'm going to surrender my heart by surrendering, like Pastor said, my plans, my purposes, and my problems because I don't want to settle anymore. If you're a man, if you would like that, I want you to stand up right now. You say, that's what I want. I don't want to settle. I want to be that man that steps up and says, God, I'm tired of settling. If that's you, on the count of three, I want you to stand. One, two, three. Just stand. Every one of you gentlemen, I want you to come to the altar. I'm going to pray with you right now. Just come. This is what surrender looks like. I mean, how much greater leader do you have when your pastor's the first one to come up? God, you guys are so blessed. So blessed. So blessed. So, would you do me a favor? Would you, would you stretch out your hands towards them today? I don't want all the gentlemen to look at me. No one understands the struggle that you guys often have to go through because most men will never get up on a microphone or in front of their families and tell them how hard it is every day to go and provide. Beat the market that's in front of you. Raise a family. Be a loving man. Be a loving father. And then still be a sensitive spiritual man at church. It's not easy. And Satan is not your friend. He doesn't want us to win. He wants us to lose. He wants us to abandon the mission. He wants us to give up. And regardless of what you're seeing, I need you to know this. This may be the last time I preach here. They may never want me to come back. Because I am not preaching the sermon that I preached in Del Rio. Something's happened in this service. And I'm changing this whole message. God's just like, Sergio, you're not going to say that. Every one of you that has come up today, you are linked to multitudes of people in this city and starting with your family. So as you stretch your hands towards them, all of you gentlemen, I want you to raise your hands and close your eyes. And I'm going to pray for you right now. Spirit of the living God, I pray for every man that has come up today. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will release your power over your li- over their life, your anointing over their life. And then from this day on, Lord, they will never be the same. 
charge their heart with fire. Set their soul on fire for you. Anoint them afresh today to be the men of God that you've called them to be, to be the leaders that you've called them to be, to be the carriers of the vision that you've called them to carry. Now, Holy Spirit, release your anointing, release your power, and release your grace over your son, over your pastor, God, the shepherd of this house, and anoint him, God, to lead a revolution of men that are rising up, that are raising up their families to serve you, Jesus, now in the name of 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 Jesus. So, Father, I give you the thanks, I give you the glory, and I give you the praise that greater things are on their way because they started this morning with these men in Jesus' name. And everyone in agreement says, come on, give God praise today. You guys can go back to your seats. Come on, give these gentlemen a great big round of applause. That's a blessing. Say greater things. I'm going to share this thought with you. I've got like seven thoughts that I'm not going to share them all because of time. But I want to give you this thought. If you're going to prepare for greater things, greater things happen when you believe you are anointed to accomplish great things. Men, uh, Nelson Mandela said this. Um, you, if you know this story, when he was in prison for 25 plus years, he made this statement. He said, and he sent it out to all of the men and women that he was leading. He said, you playing small does not change the world or help the world. He said, the world does not benefit by you downsizing your life, marginalizing who you are. He didn't say that from an ivory tower. He said it from a prison cell. And I want to say this to you as well. Is it God has anointed you as a believer for great things. And it is possible to have the endowment of God, the, the grace of God on your life, even the favor of God. Like Lot, the Bible says he was favored by God. Two angels went and took him out by the hand. I mean, if two angels took you out by the hand, what did you just do what they say? Like, yes, okay, I get it. Let's go. See, it's possible to be so close to God physically but so far from God spiritually. And the Bible teaches us of this man named Haziel. I'm going to read this to you, this statement that he made. Haziel responded, and he was speaking to the prophet. He said in 2 Kings 8.13, listen to this statement. Haziel responded, How could a nobody like me ever accomplish such great things? That is an indictment to humanity. He was about to become a king. And the prophet said to him, you're going to become a king. But his self-esteem was so low that it didn't matter if an angel from God came to him. He could not assimilate in his mind and in his heart that he was anointed for greater things. So he blurts out sometimes what we just say about ourselves in the shower, or we say about it when we're on our way to work, or we say this about us when we're coming home from work. How can a nobody like me accomplish such great things? Well, I've come to remind you from Scripture that that is not true. The Bible says in 1 John 2, 27, 
The anointing you receive from Christ lives in you. You don't need anyone to teach you something else. Instead, Christ's anointing teaches you about everything. What does that mean? It doesn't mean you don't need a teacher. What it means is that the teacher, the Holy Spirit, the primary teacher is already inside of you. And that means that when the Holy Spirit came inside of you, He anointed you. What does the word anointing mean? It means He supernaturally empowered you with God's presence. And that's the reason why when you leave church, you can leave like Superman and Superwoman. Like, I could do anything. Si se puede. Because you've been in the presence of God. And God just doesn't want us to feel this way when we're in church. He wants you to feel this way when you wake up and three smelly kids with diapers have to be changed. And you have to do laundry. And you have to go to work. And you have to pay bills. And you're dealing with the bad boss. He wants you to know that you're anointed. That you've been empowered. That you can do it. And that you have been chosen to live an extraordinary life. Come on, Axis Church. Say greater things. I can't hear you. Greater things. Say it again. And my desire is to move this from a motivational sermon to you to a prophetic message. Greater things for Access Church. Greater things for your life. Number two, greater things happen. I'm going to write, I'm going to, I'm going to skip to number three. Greater things happen when you get exposed to what is next in your life. To what is next. Okay, let me explain this to you. Whenever God is going to do something new in your life, He'll always send a relationship that reflects the new that's about to happen. So when God wanted to change the world, He first sent John the Baptist. And John the Baptist said, I've come to prepare. But it wasn't until Jesus came that He said, okay, I came to prepare, but this is the one that you're going to follow. God will always send someone ahead in your life to prepare you for where you're about to go. No one just arrives. So God will send someone. He'll send someone to show you what the future is going to look like. Have you ever met a new friend and the friend that you meet is like, you tell yourself, wow, I want to be like this person. God placed that person in your life because that's where you're going. That's why you have to know what your circle of friends are because it's always an indicator of where you're going. And the Bible teaches that when the children of Israel were going into the promised land, the Bible says this. It says, when they came from the valley of Eskel, they cut down a branch of one cluster of grapes and they carried it between two of them on a pole and they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. Now when they departed, they came back to Moses and Aaron and they all brought back word to them and to the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. So let me explain to you the significance of this. That whenever God's going to take you somewhere new, He'll let you taste what the future tastes like to entice you to follow Him in the darkness of uncertainty so that you know you're going to arrive. It just might take some time. So what does He do? He sends out these 12 spies and He says, you're going to go see your future. But you're not going to have it because you've got to go through some battles first. But I'm going to let you taste the future. So get some grapes, taste them, show everyone the future, and then go after it. Sometimes God will bring someone in your life or a situation. And then he'll use that situation to tell you 
This is not meant to hurt you. This is actually meant to harm you. So whatever is happening in your life, let me say this to you. The devil wants you to feel like it's over. But I've come to tell you, it's your just beginning. The devil may want to tell you that God is punishing you. But I've come to tell you that God is about to promote you. The devil may try to tell you that you're not going to be able to do it. I've come to remind you that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. The enemy might tell you that you're too fearful. But I've come to remind you, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I need you to know more than anything else is that when God is about to do something new in your life, expect him to disrupt what is normal in your life. And that disruption is not because God is against you. So let me say this to you. First of all, God will never be against you. He is eternally your friend through Christ, not because of you and I. The truth is, you and I do not deserve the relationship with God, but because of Christ's death. And when he died on the cross, he took care of the payment that was needed because we couldn't make the payment. Have you ever made had a visa bill that you couldn't pay? Okay, American Express. Okay, imagine this. You have a bill that you cannot pay, and all of a sudden, Discovery Card calls you and says, hey, um, your bill's been paid. Well, what do you mean I owed $30,000? And they say, well, actually, there's someone on the other line who wants you to know, and the other person is Christ. And he says, hey, Michael, I want you to know this. If your name's Michael, this isn't prophetic. That just came to my mind. He said, Michael, I just want you to know that I'm covering all of your charges. But why? I was irresponsible. I was the one that made those bad charges. Please, no. Let me pay for it. Let me grind it out. Let me work 60 hours a week. Let me just show you that I'm worthy. And he says, all I need you to do is one thing. Do you believe that I love you? Oh, that's all I want you to know. Do you believe that I love you? Yes, I do. He says, then I'm going to cover your charges. But it's not fair. He says, it's not that it's fair. It's that I love you so much that I'm willing to pay the bill that you can never pay so that you can experience freedom and know that my love is that real. When you experience God's love at that depth, you don't struggle to give next week in the first fruit offering because you understand there would be no fruit if it wasn't Him. When you understand the depth of God's love for you, you'll know, you won't struggle to bring your best next week because you know He already gave you His best. God will expose you to what's next because He wants to woo you to Himself. Have you ever had a stressed out schedule and you left the house and you said, I don't know how I'm going to do it and you leave all stressed out, the kids are stressed out, your husband's stressed out, even the dog is staying away from you. It's like, oh, she's having a good one today. And then have you ever had one of those days and like all you can foresee is that the schedule is going to ruin you, but then at the end of the day, everything worked out. That meeting canceled right at the right time so that you could take on this new meeting so that you can handle this situation. How many of you ever had those kind of days? You know what those days are? Those are a reminder to you that God is watching out for you. That's God quietly and silently whispering in your ear, Mija, I got you. Mijo, I got you. 
So if you're stressed about your bills and you're stressed about how you're going to make it, I want to just tell you something. There is someone on the other line of your phone right now saying, just love me and receive my love for you. And I'm going to take care of that bill. I'm going to not just take care of the bill. I'm going to make sure that that bill gets covered and that you get new income so that you don't have to be there anymore. I'm going to take care of that family member who you've been struggling with. He says, oh, they're mine. Don't worry about it. Like Pastor said, your problems become his problems. That's what happens when you embrace God's love for you. Say this with me. God loves me. He loves every part of me. There isn't a part of you that God does not love. Even the crazy, funky part of you, that part that you hide and you don't want anyone to know about you, He loves you. He loves you in the midst of it. He may not love what you're doing, but He loves you in the midst of it. That can't be true. God can't be better than I am with my kids. He actually is better than you are with your kids. You know when your kids mess up and instead of scolding them, you love them? I want you to know this. That desire and that ability does not come from you. That came from God and He deposited that ability in you to love your children even when they're being bad. It isn't that you're a good parent. It's that God is good and that He gave you the ability to be good to children that aren't always good. And that is a reminder to you that you can never hurt God to the point where He'll stop loving you, that He'll stop believing in you. It'll stop taking care of you. Your God is so in love with you that He will go to the depths of the depths and find you. He will go to the forest, south, east, west, north. It doesn't matter what closet you're in, what club you're in, what hole you're in, what cell you're in. God will find you because you know why? He loves you. And that's why when I come to tell you there's greater things for you, It's not because you're going to work harder. It's going to be because because you, you actually believe that God loves you so much that you are the object and the obsession of His love. You are the object of God's love. You are the obsession of God's love. When you wake up in the morning, it's like when you have a little baby and they wake up, come here, come here, let's look at, look at you, little Johnny woke up. Multiply that a million times. And when you wake up, God's like, oh my God, you're up, you're up. And when you tell yourself, I'm so ugly, I'm so bad, I'm so overweight, I'm so poor, God's like, no, don't say that. I'm your father. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock, and it'll be opened. I love you so much. Just ask me. Watch me. I want to be the good, good father to you. And when you live in that kind of love, no, you're not moved by anything because you know who loves you. When you live based in God's love, People can be crazy around you. But you're like, oh, it's okay, I forgive you. Why do you forgive them? Look what they did to you. I'm so well-loved by God. How can I not forgive them? And God will take care of them. How many of you know that you can actually live that way? So today, I want to pray for you to believe for greater things by receiving greater love from God. Would you all stand with me today?
Would you gently remind the person next to you with this statement? God loves you. What did the pastor preach about? God loves you. God loves me. Why are you going to do well? God loves me. Why are greater things in my future? God loves me. Why is my family going to be blessed? God loves me. If your family is going through a really hard time right now, just raise your hand. I want to know who I'm praying for. Your family is going through a hard time, like, like capital H, hard time. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Okay. I'm going to tell you right now, whatever you're dealing with that situation right now, in seven days, you're going to see a massive turnaround. I'm telling you today prophetically, you're going to see in seven days, a phone call is going to come in, an email is going to come through, a text is going to come through, and you're going to sit back and say, oh my God. And you're going to hear me say this, oh my God is right. He loves you that much. How many of you believe God can surprise you like that? How many of you believe that God loves you like that? How many of you are battling a sickness in your body? Some form of sickness, some ailment. Raise your hand. I'm going to see your hand. I'm going to decree and declare, just look at me, that the love of God is absorbing all manner of sickness and disease from your body and that you're going to experience the overwhelming love and joy of His presence and it's going to consume even to the core, even to the cell of that sickness and it's going to be removed from your body and it's not because of you, it's because of His love for you and He desires you as His son and daughter to be completely and totally healed in Jesus' name. How many of you believe He's that real? How many of you need a financial breakthrough today? Okay, what did I just say? How many of you need a real financial breakthrough? Raise your hand. Lord, I thank you today that you are the master of resources. That our resource is not our company. It's not clients. Lord, it's not even our bank system. It's not even the company that we work for. You are the resourcer. You are the provider. Therefore, Father, because of your love for us and for them, release to them your good storehouse of financial blessing. I thank you, Father, that you're canceling debt, that you're reversing even lawsuits in their favor. I thank you that real estate engagements are being moved into their favor. I thank you, Father, that there's money, finances that were been hidden, that was lost, that's being restored. And I thank you, Father, for pay raise checks in the mail, unknown funds that are coming to them, surprises from heaven to be a reminder of how much you love your children. Thank you, God, for loving people through their financial challenge. Now look at me. Loving God and receiving God starts with clearing up the relationship between you and God. Clearing up the relationship between you and God means we've got to let down our ego. How many of you know your ego is not your amigo? It really isn't. And it starts with us saying, God, I've been wrong. I've been doing some things that I shouldn't be doing. And God already knows, right? He already knows. He just wants to know if you'll just tell him, yes, I need your forgiveness. Sin is the only thing that stops God from working in our life because God and sin cannot coexist. But 
God can coexist where someone confesses their sin. That's why 1 John 1, 9 says, if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. That means the moment you confess to God that you've sinned, he is faithful. That means God will go to work right away. And he says, okay, I'm going to clear it out. Why? Because the moment you confess, you draw me into you and I'm faithful to forgive you and cleanse you. Pastor, but suppose I mess up again tomorrow. God doesn't even remember what you did yesterday. The moment you ask God to forgive you, this is how good he is. He hits delete. He highlights it, hits delete, and he never goes back to it. So if if you mess up the next day and say, oh, God, here I am again. He goes, "Uh, what do you mean here I am again? Well, you know, yesterday he goes, "Um, I've already forgiven you of that, and I will never bring it back. Oh, you're not that good because my cousin brings it back. My family brings it back. He says, yeah, but they're not me. That's why the Bible says every day his mercies are what? Renewed. So today, God's saying, will you break the wall down? Will you say yes to me and ask for forgiveness? And when we do that, the river flows. So everyone just look up here. You're here today. You say, Pastor Sergio, that is me. I want things to be right vertically with God and I so I can make things right horizontally with my family and with myself. So if that's you today and you want to make things right vertically with God, on the count of three, raise your hand. One, two, three. Hold it up. God bless you. 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 Keep it up. Keep it up. God bless you. 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 Everyone with their hand up, look at me. Look at me. Look at me quickly. I want you to quickly move out of your seat. I want you to come to the front. Let's go. Give them a round of applause as they come. Come on, clap like your cousin is coming right now. Clap like your best friend is. And I want you to just make a line here in the front. Pastor, where did you get this guest speaker? Es que yo estaba en el otro lado de la línea, me cruzó ayer. So aquí llegué. No, I don't. That's not true. <laughs> Pastor, is this a different sermon from Del Rio? Totally. I hope you're well. I hope you're well with it. I just. Holy Spirit just like did not let me preach these points. Could you take a step forward? I'm not going to bite. I'm not going to scratch or claw. Just take another step forward. Come on. Come on all the way up. Come on, you guys. Come up a little closer. Come up a little closer. Come up. Come up. Because there's about five more people that are going to come up right now. Watch. About five more people are going to come up. So I want you to help me help someone in the audience, okay? I want you to just turn to the person next to you and just ask them, should you be up there right now? Should you be up there? Just turn in the audience. And I'm telling you, there's about five more people that should be up here. God's telling me, I don't know if it's you, your friends, but would you just ask the person next to you? Because I genuinely believe this. Some of you are still supposed to come, and this is your moment. I do not want you to walk away from this moment. Pastor Sergio, why do I have to walk up there? Great question. Because when you step up, what you're doing is you're letting go of the past, and you're stepping into a future. Here comes one. Here comes two. Here comes three. Come on, give them a round of applause as they come today. The hardest thing to do is to step up. But this is a moment of faith. And if you're here and you're saying, that's me, I want you to come. 
We're going to pray together. Everyone in the front, I want you to look at me for a minute. I know you've probably already prayed this prayer before in your past. Like I said, the sinner's prayer, I get it. But right now, we're going to take it up just a little bit, okay, in this prayer. We're going to get a little more vulnerable and transparent with God. Is that okay? Are you well with that? Because vulnerability and transparency is what draws God in to intimacy, okay? So what I ask you to do is just bow your heads, close your eyes, and just lift up your hands like this, like you're going to receive something from heaven. And I want you to repeat after me. Repeat this prayer after me. Dear God, I stand before you in desperate need of you. Break down the walls of my tradition and religion. I open my heart and I give you permission to transform me from the inside out. Today I confess I have sinned against you. I've broken your heart. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Set me free. I release to you the burden of my past, of my failures, of my sin, of my anger, my unforgiveness, my doubts, my fears. I give them to you. I surrender them to you. And with my hands raised, I receive from you healing, forgiveness, restoration, strength, power to overcome. And I receive it to my heart. Jesus, today I boldly declare you are my Lord and my Savior. Devil, I serve you notice. I'm not going back. I'm going forward. I'm serving Jesus because greater things are in store for me and my family and my future. In Jesus' name, Now, Spirit of God, work at this altar. There are some of you, you're going, God's taking you back seven years into your life. And he's healing you of what happened. You've been running away from it. And God's walking you with the hand, by the hand to it. And he says, that, I'm healing you of that hurt. I'm forgiving you of that sin. I'm cleansing you of that guilt. No more shame, God says. No more shame. You're free. As a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, according to 1 John 1, 9, that if you confess your sins, he'll be faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you. I declare over your life forgiveness, healing, restoration, and greater things. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us, and a special thanks to those who have given to support this ministry. Without you, none of this is possible. If you like this podcast, please like and subscribe and share it on social media. Thank you for listening. God bless you.